This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. It's a Friday night heading into the weekend. Glad you're with us tonight. Looking forward to hearing from you. We got a lot to do. The phone number, 888-898-2525. That's the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. Of course, last night, as we were in Charleston, we were at uh, Coach Reedy's place, the Comeback Shack, and the news came out about the change at Clemson, and we talked a good deal about, a good deal about that with, with Coach Reedy, who had some great insight. Chris Bergen is with us now. Bergie has made the move from up in Norfolk, Virginia, to Atlanta with the Coastal Basketball Team. Great win last night for the shots in thrilling fashion. And uh, he'll join us in a moment uh, to give us his thoughts on what's happened at Clemson. Today, the Board of Trustees approved a contract for uh, Garrett Riley. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Didn't blow the bank up, as some might have thought. Did not blow the bank up. Uh, But they did improve what they're paying that position over what they were playing, uh, paying uh, Brandon Streeter. So we want to take more of your calls on that tonight. Uh, those of you who weren't able to get to us last night, love to hear from you. What was your reaction? Uh, how do you feel about the change? What does it mean? 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk to get through to us on this Friday night. Of course, basketball coming up uh, tomorrow. South Carolina at home to take on Texas A&M. The Gamecocks with that surprising win at Kentucky. All of a sudden, people are thinking about Gamecock basketball a little bit. And the Clemson men, who are 6-0 for the first time ever in the ACC, look to go 7-0 tomorrow afternoon at home against Duke. We'll have both of those games covered for you in person. I'll be at Little John. Matt Smith will be with the Gamecocks. And you can follow along on our coverage on Twitter. And on our website, sportstalksc.com. Plenty to talk about in recruiting for you. We'll go over all of that. South Carolina's got some official visits this weekend from some more transfer prospects. A lot of things happening in recruiting. Coaches going back out on the road today. A lot of things happening in the transfer portal, John. And we'll cover all of that tonight in our recruiting report and uh, beyond. So, plenty to do. 888-898-2525 is the number. Bergie is with us now from Hot Atlanta. First of all, terrific win last night for Cliff Ellis and the Shots. He he gets another significant win for his career, but the way you guys won that thing, three crucial pressure free throws in in the last, what, second and a half, maybe less than a second to win that ballgame. 1.4 1.4 seconds to be exact, Phil, and uh, good evening from not hot Atlanta. It's actually pretty chilly over here, and we're actually in downtown Atlanta, staying directly across from the College Football Hall of Fame. So I feel uh, I feel a little bit of uh, both basketball and football nostalgia here tonight, but it was a terrific win for Coastal Head. Really no business winning that game down 12 
with nine minutes left to go, and they outscore Old Dominion by 13, the remainder of the game 29-16. to 16. And then Linton Brown gets, uh, gets a foul call as he was attempting a three-pointer from the right corner. And I, I can't I – can't, I probably on one hand, I can count the amount of times that a referee would pull the trigger on a foul like that for the visiting team at home mm-hmm. and call it against the home team. And Coastal, much like the Clemson men's basketball team, very adept at making free throws. They lead the Sun Belt, ranked inside the top 15 nationally in free throw shooting. They're up over 78%. And Linton Brown calmly stepped to the line and knocked down all three. And then uh, Old Dominion, to its credit, with uh, with the one timeout left, they set up a play and they get a half-court Hail Mary that hits the back of the rim as the horn sounds to end the ballgame. But it's a, a terrific win. And you mentioned sort of another milestone. It was Cliff Ellis's 825th Division One victory. And I've, that actually slipped my mind during the broadcast. And I saw a coach at the hotel last night. I said, hey, by the way, I forgot to congratulate you hmm. on your 825th win. He said, 825? What are you talking about? I said, that was your 825th win as a Division One coach. He said, all I'm, all I'm worried about right now is my 900 victories that he has <laughs> in, the, in the can, which he's up to a 903 after last night. But, yeah, it was a, a terrific win. He was in a very, very good mood. And now they've got an opportunity to maybe steal another one tomorrow against the Georgia State team that has not played all that well, especially here of late. They sit one and four in some belt play. So this is one that you would think Coastal coming in off some confidence on Thursday at Old Dominion, much like, say, South Carolina back at home. little confidence going in against Texas A&M. You, you hope that the uh, Shauna Clears, the Gamecocks and Tigers, can uh, pull out wins tomorrow. It'll be a fun day around the state for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, basketball starting to heat up a little bit around here. USC women won again last night. They started off kind of shaky. They were behind early and then hit Kentucky with a big run. Kentucky never recovered, and the Gamecocks went on to run away to that win. Aaliyah Boston, another double-double. She had exactly one offensive rebound, but that's all she needed to set the school record for offensive rebounds. She got the one, and she was done as far as that was concerned, and, and that's all she needed. Okay, so your thoughts on Clemson's hiring, and they put out the official uh, release this afternoon, the hiring of Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator for the Tigers, and he gets a three-year deal. There's some bonus uh, money written into this thing, but he gets a three-year deal as approved by the Clemson Board of Trustees this afternoon, and he is going to be going to be paid in the neighborhood of $1.75 million, including a $300,000 signing bonus to be paid within 60 days of the start of his employment. And he is the 2022 Broyles Award winner mm-hmm. as the uh, top assistant coach in the country. He'll make $2.05 million in 2023, including that sinus bonus, $1.75 for 24 and 25. Uh, basically double what uh, Brandon Streeter was making. Yeah, uh, not quite double what he was making, but pretty, pretty close. And um, anyway, he's, he's the big name. He's one of the big names out there. Dabo Sweeney, uh, to his credit, to his credit, did not let anybody, well, somebody knew, but not many. He kept it to himself and to within, to within his, very, his very short list of secure sources. You know, I'm sure it's his tight group around him. I'm not even sure anybody else on the – this the staff might not have known he was making this move, you know, because mm-hmm. loose lips sink ships, and you know he sprung this on everybody yesterday afternoon, and 
he went out and got a guy who was uh, outside the box as far as running an offense compared to what Clemson has been doing here in recent years. And so a guy who's a hot assistant coach coming off uh, tenure at SMU and TCU where their offenses, you know, did light it up against most competition. And now he's being asked to come to Clemson and reinvigorate this offense with a brand new quarterback and see what he can do with these guys. Well, I don't think you make the move yesterday that you announced Brandon Streeter is out unless you have somebody you believe is considerably better than Brandon Streeter. And I think, you know, Garrett Riley probably falls into that scenario, Phil. He, as you pointed out, I think a lot of Gamecock fans would have loved to have had him come in as the offensive coordinator replacement for Marcus Satterfield. That didn't work out. And now Dabo Sweeney has brought in what appears to be a very, very good hire. But the question is, if they turned the offense and they were 48th this past year in total offense and 30th in scoring offense, let's say they improved to 25th overall at offense and say, I don't know, 15th in scoring offense. Is it all because of Garrett Riley or is it because they've got a, the quarterback that fits the system better than, say, DJ Oyangale did? And then if that's the case, was Brandon Streeter all that off in terms of coaching that team it's it's an interesting dynamic as you roll in and you get a brand new quarterback that you're going to have to I, I guess not really have to unteach too much because I don't know how much Kate Klubnik would carry over into the uh, new offense that Riley's going to bring in but I have to say what is it in our state that the football teams want to upstage the basketball teams? You hmm. had that poll earlier this week about uh, what Gamecock fans should feel after the announcement that Spencer Rattler was returning on the heels of the Gamecocks going to Kentucky and knocking off the Wildcats. We could have run a similar poll today. Tiger fans, are you more excited? Does it bring you more joy, as hmm. Phil put in the, uh, <laughs> in the Twitter poll, does it bring you more joy that you've got Garrett Rowe? Riley is your offensive coordinator, or your men's basketball team is 6-0 and in the ACC for the first time in history and has a realistic shot to beat Duke tomorrow night at home. Yeah, that's exactly right. Could have <laughs> rerun that poll. But I've got one waiting for Sunday night, so we'll attack this uh-huh. move with the next poll. But I want to say this, too. You know, as is usually the case, almost always the case, when there's a major firing on a staff, when that guy is being kicked to the curb, the people, they point at him, the outgoing coach, and they apply all the blame to him. You see, he's the reason why we didn't do this. He's the reason why we didn't do that. You see, a lot of people kind of turn your back on you when you lose a job like that, a very public job like that. And I think it needs to be said, from where I see it, that you can't blame Brandon Streeter 100% for what went on Whatever failures the Clemson offense had, I don't think you can blame him, but 50%. I think the other 50% has to go on Dabo Sweeney because I think Dabo Sweeney was just as much involved with the offense as Brandon Streeter. The way you watch the sideline, and I mean, Dabo had become, when Ch- when Chad Morris was running the offense, Dabo wasn't, he, he stayed away from Chad Morris. He'd be down the sideline. Chad Morris would be signaling in the plays, running the offense, talking to the quarterbacks. You go back and watch here the last couple of years after Chad Morris left, you know, Dabo was very much uh, involved with everything going on with the offense, not so much with the defense. He might walk down the sideline and say something to Venables. He might, might walk down the sideline and say something to Morris, but when it fell into the hands of Tony Elliott and Streeter and then Streeter, 
He was much more active. I think he was very active. I think he was very much a part of the decision-making, the, the decision. And look, DJ Uyangale had no greater cheerleader for 12 games than Dabo Sweeney. True. Very true. I mean, he kept saying, he's our guy. And it's not even close, he would say. It's not even close. He's our guy, no matter what was happening, even after the mess up at Notre Dame and even after the loss to South Carolina, even though they pre-planned to put in Klubnik in Series 3 of the ACC Championship game, he was the guy. So he's as much to blame. If you want to put the blame, if people want to blame Streeter, for not making the change at quarterback. He's not solely to blame. Now, can you blame Streeter for some play calling and forgetting about Will Shipley in the Orange Bowl, Mm -hmm. not getting him the ball enough in the first half and think, yeah, yeah, you can. He's the play caller. You're assuming most of his plays are going in, not being overridden. So, yeah, those are things you can certainly do. But people who want to blame him for the handling of the quarterback position, I think that blame is misplaced in large degree because I think Sweeney was as much involved – with that as 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 uh, as he was what do you think it's an interesting point and my question to a follow-up to that is does he take a more hands-off say chad morris-esque approach now that you're bringing in somebody from the outside because this is a, a unique hire for clemson especially with the assistance that he just promoted and elevated on both the coordinator side of the coin it this is an unlike clemson sort of hire this is outside the family will he step back and let garrett riley make his own mistakes and sort of find his way or as you pointed out will he still try and be a little bit involved in it if Dabo's going to be involved in one side or the corner or the other it's obviously going to be offense that's what he knows that's what he played that's what he's coached up until he was a head coach so it, it makes sense for him to be on on the offensive uh, staff and, and listening in and maybe uh, sending out some ideas uh, of his own there. But do you take more a hands-off approach? And would Garrett Riley be somebody that would step up? Because my guess is if he ever went over to Brent Venables and asked, told him anything about defense, Brent would say, go deal with your offense. I got the defense. And, and that would be the end of the conversation. Is Garrett Riley one of these guys that is strong enough and confident enough in himself that he would tell the head coach, let me run the offense. I know what I'm doing. You brought me in here to do a job and let me do it. You guys have far more experience with coaching turnovers than I do. But one thing that we have not yet touched on, and just curious you guys' thoughts, what does this mean for position coaches with the Clemson offense? What does this mean for a C.J. Spiller at running backs coach or a Tyler Grisham at wide receivers coach? Do incoming offensive coordinators typically have say over position coaches, or is that something strictly based by the head coach, Dabo Sweeney, or what does this say for the, the coaches that will be the support staff surrounding Garrett Riley moving forward for Clemson? Or is that something we even know yet? Yeah, I, I think we got to wait That's and see. That's a great question. Yeah, I, gotta, I think we got to wait and see how all this uh, plays out. And um, I to go back to what you were saying, I think that um, – I think it's a Chad Morris approach here. You don't hire a guy, give him a three-year contract, a $300,000 signing bonus – a $1.75 million deal, he doesn't take the job unless he knows he's got autonomy. Mm-hmm. Now, as much yeah. autonomy as you can have as an assistant coach. Obviously, as a head coach, you have the final say. Even Chad Morris would acknowledge back in the day that Swinney could come in and say something, do something with the offense. He's the head coach. But mm-hmm. smart head coach paying that guy that kind of money – and somebody you're bringing in from the outside, this isn't somebody he raised. This is a guy who's got his own vision, his own ideas, mm-hmm. his own approach. You can't, you can't be messing with that recipe. So 
My guess is he'll take the hands-off approach to it and let him run the offense and uh, and live and die with it. He'll be more involved with the defense, I would imagine. And like we said last night with Chuck Reedy, who was fantastic last night, by the way, every member on that Clemson staff now has to realize that Sweeney will pull the plug on you if your position group is not playing up to snuff. You know, whether or not you played for him, whether you're a Clemson alum, whatever the case may be, I think this is an indication that Sweeney means business and nobody's job is absolutely 100% secure except for his. And maybe his isn't 100% secure, whose job is. But he's about as close as anybody to that, I would say. So I think they all have to kind of pick it up a little bit with their respective positions, improving in talent and also improving in coaching in several ways. Uh, since I didn't get to hear last night, and I hate to reset something, but you, you've mentioned it twice, once in a text message to me and also right here on the air. What was Chuck Reedy's take on Garrett Riley, and, and what did he think he would bring to Clemson's offense that maybe was missing the last couple of years? Home run higher. Okay. Home run higher, and mm-hmm. he compared it to South Carolina's higher. Not that he, he doesn't know either one personally. He's looking at it from afar. But, you know, Shane Beamer could – have done the same thing, given the money, if South Carolina was willing to spend the money. He could have gone after Garrett Riley. Obviously, through his relationship with his brother Lincoln, he has to know him. I'm sure he knows him well. And he could have made that strong run at him. He could have thrown 1.7 at him. He could have thrown even more. Who knows? But he didn't. And as Chuck pointed out, Clemson hires – Maybe one of the two hottest offensive coordinator names in the country. The other being Broyles, not Broyles. Um, what's his name? Bryles. Bryles. Yeah. Uh, the other being Bryles, mm-hmm. and then this guy. And as he pointed out, South Carolina hired a, a, a coach who'd been the tight ends coach at Arkansas. Now he does have OC experience from the NFL days. So, right. so he was just, you know, he just thought that was a bit. Interesting that that Clemson, that Sweeney, quietly behind the scenes with nobody knowing, went out and got it done. And South Carolina, with everybody knowing because Satterfield had left, everybody knowing that he was going to have to hire an an offensive coordinator, and he hired a guy that was a little bit off the beaten path from that standpoint without the reputation of this guy. But he thought it was a home run hire for uh, Sweeney, and it also showed that Sweeney was serious about – Everything having to be improved. Everything having to be improved in his program after what happened this past season. So, Phil, do you think Dabo had an epiphany after the Orange Bowl and said, I've got to make a change at offense? Or was he starting, in your mind, starting to think as the season unfolded and maybe reached ahead after the South Carolina game, even though they played okay on, on offense in that game? But you think he probably made that decision at the end of the regular season, and because TCU was in the playoffs, he had to wait until this week before he could officially announce the the hiring at, along the same time that he ends up firing Brandon Streeter. Yes. The epiphany part, you know, I don't know. Maybe he knew something before the Orange Bowl, and the Orange Bowl just kind of drove it home to him. But um, certainly he had to wait until TCU's season was done to probably have official contact with him, any in-person contact. Of course, you know, you work behind the scenes through agents and things like that, and he was probably doing that. And he's probably doing it, 
I would imagine, pretty much on his own. If he was trying to keep it, he was a search committee of one, I would imagine. The only way to do it. Yeah, search committee of one. And um, so we shall see how this works out for Clemson. It certainly um, has gotten the Clemson people uh, excited about the thought of their offense getting revved up and um, playing faster and playing at a much higher level. And we'll see what um, what Loggins can do at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one thing for Loggins, you know, he's falling into a great situation with Rattler and Wells coming back to begin with. Okay, that's a great starting point for him. Shouldn't be hard to um, to build from that and develop an offense at South Carolina that now, you know, takes it up to 35, 37 points a game. And now they got to improve on the offensive line. They got to um, – Run the ball. Establish a find running a way to game. run the ball. Yeah. yeah, and they're looking. They're looking in the transfer portal, John, for a, a running back. One's visiting this weekend, so they gotta they gotta find something there. Maybe one of their high school guys will be the guy that'll do it. So, but that's a good starting point for him to have Rattler and Wells ready to go for you from the jump. That makes your job a, a lot easier than say, I mean, to be honest with you, who would you rather be, Loggins or Riley, with the quarterback situation? Wow. Um, I think Riley's, if you're looking long-term, uh, Riley's obviously in a better scenario, but I think moving into just the, the initial start of your campaign, I, I think Loggins is in a better scenario, isn't he, with a more proven commodity at quarterback, especially the way Spencer Rattler wrapped up the regular season and what we know from him throughout his career, even at Oklahoma, where it maybe didn't end the way he had hoped for. And so I, I think Loggins probably short-term in a better scenario, long-term, Obviously, Riley is, assuming Kate Klubnick is a guy that can stay healthy. Here's the other question. Is Sweeney putting himself in a position similar to Saban, which is not necessarily a bad position? That position is you have a terrific coordinator, offense, defense. Now, he's been very fortunate in that he had Chad Morris, and Chad Morris stayed with him several years. And he had Venables, and Venables stayed with him an extremely long time. But now you hire this guy, and he's got the three-year deal, but you know he wants to be a head coach. He does a great job at Clemson. Let's just say the Tigers light it up with their offense. They make it to the playoffs next year. He's getting all kinds of acclaim because of that. Other schools come clamoring for him. He takes a job somewhere else. He's done a great job for you. He's helped to elevate you. But now you're back looking for an offensive coordinator again. Never bothered Saban, really. He just went out and got another big-time coordinator to come in and work for him. Is that something Sweeney is prepared to do? Well, and Pat brought up an interesting point on a little text chain that we have outside the show. And it, isn't Jeff Scott now coming in as an analyst with the Tigers as well? Wasn't that part of the, the hiring that they announced yesterday? And if that's the case, is, is he – would he promote Jeff Scott back to offensive coordinator if Riley does move on, which I think we all believe at some point in time he would? You know, I saw that tweet. Uh, I think did, did you did you tweet that, Pat? Uh, Brad Crawford from Twenty Four Seven Sports, one of their national guys, wrote that and tweeted that, citing a source. But you know, I've not seen that from your typical Clemson sources: uh, uh, Tiger Net, Tiger Illustrated, David Hood, Larry Williams. Nobody else has written that yet in a com- in a con- confirmation in a confirming. And they confirming okay. that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> confirming that, and getting the confirmation. Um, they haven't. Uh, now he has told he told Matt Connolly of on three 
a couple of weeks ago that he intended to sit out this season. He's moved back to the Clemson area with his family, and he did not intend to coach this year. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, if you do that, if that is your your plan? I mean, even though he might learn a new offense under Riley, look, I mean, Jeff Scott's now a veteran coach. He's been a yeah, head coach. True. He's got his own ways. Does it? I mean, to him, is it a bit of a slap in the face? Would it be a step back to say, okay, I got to go learn this offense from this guy and then apply it at Clemson when he leaves? You know, I don't know how that would work, to be honest with you. But, yeah, that is something that was reported out there by a, a national guy. Okay, we're going to hit the break. When we come back, we'll jump into your phone calls. Phone number 888-898-2525. Those of you on the phone lines, hang on. We'll get to you right after the break. Calls all night long until uh, Mike Morgan. Morgan's going to join us at 7.05. Morgan on the move. And then George Bryan III, birdies and bogeys and biceps around South Carolina beginning at 7.35 tonight. And he'll have a special guest as well. And we'll be back. never too soon to start thinking about that summer vacation i do it all the time and if you're starting to think about what you're going to do this summer and you want to get away to the beach for a great week or a month or longer make sure you give our man jimmy smith a call at james smith real estate 843-237-4246 your perfect beach getaway awaits you there paulie's vacationrentals.com Online, that's how you can reach them. Again, James Smith Real Estate, 843-237-4246. Let Jimmy Smith help you out, help you get in a condo or a house, something that fits for a couple of people. Maybe you need something for 10 or 12. He can handle whatever size you need. And, of course, if you want to buy some property, looking for some permanency down at the beach, he's the man to talk to, Jimmy Smith, 843-237-4246. Paulie'sVacationRentals.com, your perfect beach getaway. But don't wait too long. All the good stuff will be taken. Okay, before we get to your phone calls, I just want to look at this for a second. So talking about Garrett Riley, and of course you hear so much about an offensive coordinator and how great they are at running an offense. And this year they averaged at TCU about 39 points per game. But how do they do – against the better teams on the schedule offensively. So as you look at TCU this year, and they played Colorado, they played Tarleton State, they played SMU. Okay, Oklahoma, they scored 55. Of course, Oklahoma was ranked 18th at the time. Didn't realize how bad their defense was going to be as the season went on, but they put 55 on them. Put 43 on Oklahoma State. First time they played Kansas State, they put 38 on them, 41 on West Virginia. Now, they played Texas. Texas held them to 17 points. Baylor, they scored 29. Played Kansas State again in the championship game of the league, and they scored 28 and lost. Of course, they put 51 on Michigan, but only seven against Georgia. So... I don't know, kind of up and down. 51 on Michigan's impressive. 
Yes. 17 against Texas, not so. Seven against Georgia, not at all. Now you go back to SMU of 2021 when he was OC there. And, of course, their schedule was not nearly as daunting. But they put 42 on TCU that year. They put uh, 37 in a loss on Houston. Just looking at some of the what you might expect would be the better teams. 55 on UCF. Their best team they played was Cincinnati, which was ranked third. They scored 14 against Cincinnati. So the best team they played held them to 14 points. And then you look at 2020, his first year as OC at SMU, and it looks like the best team they played that year, again, was Cincinnati. Then they scored 13 points on Cincinnati. Cincinnati knew how to defend them. Uh, and Cincinnati was really good those two years. Um, they played a 25th-ranked Memphis team and scored 30. So my point is, for all the greatness you see, and, and you know, think about when Chad Morris was at Clemson. South Carolina had a, had a way to keep them in check. And, of course, Clemson hurt themselves a lot during that losing streak by turning it over. But the Gamecocks had a good defensive plan against Chad Morris and did not let Clemson's offense during that losing streak or South Carolina's winning streak run wild against them. So I'm saying here, even a great offensive mind, a great offensive coordinator, there are times that defenses can rise up and keep you in check like Georgia did against him in this championship game. Well, I'm not sure it's an indictment on his offense versus Georgia as much as it is a credit to how just dominant their defense has been the past two seasons, Phil. I do say, though, the Michigan game, that was awfully impressive. If you're looking at it strictly against good on good, Michigan's defense coming into the uh, college football playoffs, one of the tops in the country, and they just went up and down the field against them. Now, Georgia's obviously an elite status, and they shut them down. That game got out of hand so fast they, they couldn't be – two-dimensional anymore, and Max Duggan was basically a sitting duck back there trying to throw against Georgia, but I'd, I was awfully impressed with what they were able to do against Michigan in the semifinals. All right, we got to get to some phone calls. Mike Morgan at 7.05, George Bryan at 7.30. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is our number. Is it Keith or Gamecock Larry? It is Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry is up first tonight here on Sports Talk on this Friday night heading into the weekend. Gamecock Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. But boy, I got a little bit of thing. I got something to say to Phil in a minute. Boy, I was listening to you guys last night, had my radio on and had my had my earplug in my ear. And been having trouble with my blood pressure yesterday. I fell asleep, I guess. I woke up at nine fifteen. Still listening to the radio, hearing some crazy guy talk. I said, this ain't Phil, so I turn it off. Well, you know, the good thing, Larry, the good thing, Larry, is that you woke up. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Yes, that's it. But let me tell you, I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to tell Phil right now, I had had a Clemson, I had a Clemson in your voice. I know you're a Clemson man, but let me tell you, we didn't want, we wanted Derek Riley, so we thought. But Derek Riley turned us down. So let it go. Derek Riley turned us down. But this shows us that old Dabo is getting kind of 
kind of, what do you call it, kind of gun shy, whatever you want to call it, because he, he usually sticks with the family. He went out and got this guy, brought him in, and they say this and that. But I'm, I'm going to go and tell you right now, Derek Riley won't finish out his three years at Clemson. Loggins will be with us as long as he wants to. And uh, all I got to say is the, 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 worm, the wheel is turning. The turn is going the other way. Game Cox and Clemson, Game Cox and Tigers, it's turning back the way it, used, the way it was when Spurs was here. <laughs> and so don't get too nervous there, uh, Dabo. Go ahead. Uh, and you you fired a man that really was family. He was family, and you fired him. But that's all right. I ain't got too much. I can't get my blood pressure. Yeah, let's, let's be watch that BP. I, Yes, sir. I better be quiet, but I want all you guys. I listen to you, and I want you to have a good weekend. Game cost going to take Texas A&M down tomorrow, and the ladies going to do the same when they play I don't think, Missouri. Missouri. Boy, that's, what I, that's the one I want to get in town, Missouri. You seen what happened in the fourth quarter last night? It's going to happen in the first quarter against Missouri. You guys have a good evening. Have a good weekend. Love all y'all. Talk to you later. Go Gamecock. All right. Gamecock. Larry, watch that blood pressure. <laughs> blood pressure is an important thing. Take it your medicine. Indeed. Yes, sir. Glad you woke up from your nap and listened to, listened to us. All right, let's continue. 888 the number. We next uh going to hit up um, – where are we going? I'm kind of lost here. That's okay. We are going to go along the coastline to beautiful Hilton Head and welcome oh. in Jamie from Hilton Head. God, I wish I was in Hilton Head. Jamie, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? How are you doing tonight, sir? We're doing great. Bill, great to have you with listen, us. Listen, great day to be a Tiger. Great day to be a Tiger. I tell you what, kudos to Dabo Sweeney for for keeping this as quiet as he did. Mm. Where I mean, were you expecting this? I Absolutely mean, not. I mean, first of all, the the departure of Streeter, and then within an hour we had another uh, offensive coordinator. And I just want to say, remind you all that Garrett, Garrett uh, Riley was on a bunch of USC fans' wish list when they hired uh, Daryl Loggins, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, um, Dabo Sweeney has said, whether he's involved in the offense or not, I don't know. But Dabo Sweeney does have an obligation to the Clemson football program to do what he thinks is best. And, you know, uh, if he thinks it's best to fire Brandon Streeter, you know, uh, then he did the right thing. And where uh, Gamecock Larry said, well, he fired a family man. Well, sure, I mean, you know, and, and Streeter's still family, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with job performance. I mean, and I'll say this, and, I, and I'm not trying to throw USC under the bus, but the facts are the facts. If you look at USC versus Tennessee, they scored, what, 63 points, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, then Clemson goes and plays Tennessee. They moved the ball up and down the field. In fact, they ran 102 plays. They beat them in every category except the scoreboard. Mm. 
but but yet they could not they could not score. Uh, you know, and it's just we had several three and outs against USC. Now USC won the ball game fair and square, but with so when Dabo sees a problem, I, I respect him for going out and fixing it. And I think he got one of the best coordinators in the country. And yeah, one day he will probably be a head coach. But uh, you know, just enjoy him while he's here. And as far as Jeff Scott coming back to learn offense, Jeff Scott's a humble individual. Jeff Scott's always willing to learn. And, and Jeff Scott has his own way of doing things. But Jeff Scott would be happy to take bits and pieces of Garrett Riley's offense and apply it to what he wants to do. Well, sounds reasonable. And maybe you're right on that. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, if he's going to come back and be an analyst, if that report is accurate and that happens, well, then you'll be right on the button with what you're saying. Well, I, I saw from Larry Williams, who is a credible Clemson reporter, that mm-hmm. it was a possibility, but nothing was in, imminent as of right now. Uh, you know, now, let me tell you a little about, about what these analysts do. Jeff Scott is do a buyout. So if Jeff Scott technically takes a coaching job, it could penalize some of his buyout. If he takes an analyst job, it's technically not a coaching job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, makes sense? Makes sense. Absolutely. So, you know, great day to be a Tiger. Uh, you know, things are looking up in Columbia, too. But what I want you to do now, Phil, mm-hmm. I want you to go, to go through uh, Daryl Loggins' history as a play caller, history as an offensive coordinator, the same way you did there. Well, we uh, did. Derek we Riley. did. When he was hired, of course, he didn't have – he doesn't have college experience as an OC. I think almost – I think all his OC experience was in the NFL. Uh, and, and we did point out that, you know, he was with a lot of bad teams and a lot of bad quarterbacks. But okay. he also got rehired time and again around the NFL. So somebody thought something of him. Somebody thought okay. he was doing something right. But, yeah, that's we, we talked about that's that. Very, that's very true. Now, let me make one more, one more point, and I'll get off here. Mm-hmm. You talked about, talked about the quarterback situation. Look at what Garrett Riley did with Max Duggan, who was his backup quarterback. If you recall correctly, Chandler Morris had the job, and Chandler Morris got hurt. And so Max Duggan came in as his backup. So why, as a Clemson fan, should we need not be optimistic that he's going to be able to do – the same sort of things, maybe not making a Heisman Trophy candidate with Kay Clubman. You should be optimistic. Um, yeah, so I mean, you're not I paying him. That, you're not paying him 1.75 million not to come in and develop your quarterbacks and not to take your offense back to that next level. That's why. That's what Sweeney sees. That's what he thinks he's getting, and that's why you're paying him this amount of money. Absolutely, absolutely. So enjoy your show. Yes, and, sir. Uh, go Tigers. We thank you. Thank you for listening down on Hilton Head. Yes, sir. All right, we go to the break, and we'll come back with more. Number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $174 million in lottery proceeds have been used to purchase, maintain, and fuel over 2,000 school buses in South Carolina. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash educationwins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We'll hit the break. Be back with more of your calls in a moment.
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store. Life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, approaching the top of the hour, eight minutes till the top of the hour. Let's continue with your phone calls. Mike Morgan after the top. We got recruiting for you. And George Bryan at the bottom of the next hour. Birdies and bogeys and biceps around the state of South Carolina. Looking forward to flexing my muscles. And I, I represent the bogey part. Of that, me both, pal. Uh, yeah, the bogey. Uh, George is the birdie. I'm the bogey, and Rob is the bicep. That's how we we break that down. Uh, back to your phone calls. Appreciate all the calls coming in tonight. We'll get to as many as we can here, uh, and continue in our second hour. So next is Andy in Columbia. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Corn, Chris, Pat. I'm doing well. I hope y'all are doing well. First yes, sir. off, Chris, you're right down the road from the varsity. Do me a favor. Two chili dogs all the way, mm. <laughs> large thing of onion rings, mm. and a medium orange whip, please. 
the only thing, Andy, I might be able to transport back and get past Cliff Ellis would be the orange whip because he loves chili dogs and he also is a big fan of onion rings. I would have a hard time sneaking those on the bus. So let me see what I can do for you, though. <laughs> Please, there's nothing better than the varsity. I meant, when I lived in Atlanta, I missed the varsity. Okay, let me clean up some messes here. First off, Mr. Corn. Mm-hmm. This young man, Eddie Lewis, out of Memphis, the wide receiver, mm-hmm. he must be a string bean because you have him listed as seven foot one, 190 pounds. Yeah, he's uh, he's been taking some pills. <laughs> well, if the pills aren't giving him much in the body, seven one. Obviously, they, that's I, a typo. No kidding. Really? I'm glad you brought it to my attention. I'll now go back and fix that. Next, yeah. what's next okay. on your cleanup list? Okay, the gentleman who just called before from Hilton Head, the Clemson gentleman. Um, <laughs> I see it, it now, 71190. <laughs> I'm it sorry, wasn't done at, It wasn't done an hour after he let go of Streeter. It was done money hours before he let go of Streeter. Mm-hmm. The deal was done before he fired Streeter. Yeah, there's some obvious things that I just yeah, don't I care to correct people yeah. on. Next, Andy, what's next? Um, and I think he's, y'all have it all confused. It isn't <laughs> Jeff Scott who's coming back. Oh, who, who's coming back? It's Brad Porkchop Scott, who's going to be retaking over as the director and analyst of the buffet. Oh, God. That's, that's, uh, oh, by the way, I should have mentioned, I haven't mentioned this yet. Um, you made me look at my recruiting page that uh, Christian Bentonker committed to Clemson today, big time tied in. We'll talk about that coming up. We got we got so tied up in the offensive coordinator deal, I forgot that. All right, what else you got yeah. for us, Andy? What else you cleaning up? Well, I think those three cleanups is a pretty good little cleanup there for you. And, well, you I know, expect to see you on. Uh, on I, I expect to it's see you in an or, in an orange vest on two seventy seven cleaning up litter over the weekend. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. You should really be um, finding me at the restaurant where you owe me a meal that you'll never. Did you pay last night? For I told you. I yeah, paid. I, I paid it. Your out-of-body experience, who is Rick Sanford, I took him out, and that covered yours. I, did, did you have to pay before you ate at Coach Reedy's? Because if he was smart, that's the way you would have done with you, because you probably walked out on your tab. We're family, me and Coach Reedy. We're family. So you get charged double. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You gentlemen, have, have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a little bit of time and enjoy and having a little laugh with y'all. Yes, y'all sir. We appreciate it. Yeah. And he loves calling up and correcting us on things he thinks we've done wrong. Now, hey, I did made a, had a typo there. Obviously, the guy's not 7-1, 6-1. Just typo. People can't – you know, that's the so thing he, about today's – uh, well, Andy's not today's uh, sports fan. He's older. But, I mean, on Twitter, man, you make a typo. That's like everybody comes at you from, you know, every angle possible. It's a typo. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I, w- I will say this in Andy's defense and anyone who would come after you. That is a major faux pas, though, on a basketball recruit. You know, six one player versus a seven yeah. foot one inch player is a but big a, deal. But a seven <laughs> one, a big deal. you just don't see seven one wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true. Uh, you don't he see would be a great receiver, wide. though. But that's not the first time I've elevated somebody's height or weight with a typo. Okay, quickly, let's go to because he's been uh, kind enough to hold Keith in uh, Camden. All right, Keith, welcome in. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Just <laughs> just a quick comment. Yeah. Listening to all this Clemson, you know, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, it's just part of listening to sports talk. Uh, I heard the word epiphany earlier, and, you know, it reminds me that uh, throughout biblical history and throughout time, every dynasty has risen to the top and <laughs> collapsed. And I think that's what we're beginning to see unfold. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it breaks my heart. But, no, on a serious note, uh, <laughs> talk about. <laughs> For a moment there, you had me thinking you were serious. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. I'm, I'm looking at the lectionary and figuring out uh, what I'm going to preach on Sunday. There you go. Uh, yeah, but talk about who are we looking at for running back tonight when you get to that segment. Not just the guy coming in this weekend, but overall. Uh, love the show. Y'all have a good night. Okay, Thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, as far as the Gamecocks are concerned at running back, they've got Dontavius Braswell, Mario Anderson already in the fold, and it looks like they are hitting the portal. They've got a transfer running back coming in for a visit this weekend, reportedly by Hale McGranahan, and I'll talk more about that when we get to the um, recruiting report coming up. So they're still trying to find – you know, they had a transfer running back in for a visit last weekend from Utah, but uh, uh, you know nothing has happened with that at this particular point. And obviously if they're bringing in somebody else, they must be passing on that guy and looking at somebody else, I guess. But they've got the two, and don't forget they still have – they still have a, you know, three or four in their running back room coming back for next year uh, to start with. And uh, but they need more. They need some size back there. They need to add some um, some depth to their running back room and and see if they can find a um, a stud in this group that's still out there to um, to take visits. We'll hit the break. Be back with more in a moment. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Oh, it's a Friday night here on Sports Talk, and our Friday night just got a heck of a lot better. A heck of a lot better. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not because Mike Morgan's coming up in just a minute. That makes it a little bit better. This makes it really juicy better. <laughs> what do they call it? A tempest in a teapot? Is that the expression? Well, I think it's an expression. If not, I just made it up. So, radio station in the upstate, the fan upstate. I'm only reading this because it's on Twitter, so it's out there. Shane Beamer, this is what they tweeted. Shane Beamer in South Carolina really wanted Garrett Riley. Clemson got him. What does that say about the, quote, tier status, end quote, of both of these two programs? And, of course, that's a lure to get you to listen to their show because they put a link to their show there, and that's cool. That's what you do. Shane Beamer tweeted back at him. Now, nah, that's what makes it juicy. About two minutes ago, Shane Beamer, quote, on Twitter, quote, I normally don't respond to second-rate JV radio programs I've never heard of, and apparently no one else has either, considering you're in the upstate and have 8,000 followers. 
do you have a good source, question mark, other than, oh, I don't know, me? Happy for Garrett. We got our, all caps, guy. Jane Beamer. So there you go. A little bit of... uh, a little bit of words being exchanged between a radio station in the upstate that I think covers South Carolina and Clemson, but they're in the upstate, so they're immediately identified more with Clemson. Then they're taking a little shot at South Carolina and the head coach at South Carolina who pays attention to what's on social media. Oh, yeah. And he responded, I think they probably feel pretty good about it. They probably are thinking, we got what we wanted, and he's probably got some satisfaction out of putting them down. So... With that, we welcome in somebody who's never taken a shot at anybody on Twitter or anywhere else because he's just too sweet of a guy. Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move. Brought to you by Brent Skinner. Brent Skinner has not only become the leader in Columbia for the very best in men's clothing, but clients nationally have come to know Brent's. Brent has you covered if you want to look your very best. Brent and his staff provide you you with professional and individual attention to create a wardrobe that distinctly identifies you. From custom suits and shirts to the very best in shoes and accessories, it's all under one roof. And if you can't make it to the Columbia store in the Vista, Brent will come to see you. Set up an appointment today at bpskinnerclothiers.com. He could even make me look good. I can't afford his threads, but he could probably make me look good he makes mike look good mike always looks good on television mike happy new year our first time with you since the turn of the calendar year i hope you're doing well i'm doing really well i'm doing great uh it's good to talk to you sorry it's been uh, a while seems like the last few times i talked to you was at airports yep. <laughs> going through uh various security screenings and delays and cancellations and uh Everything else that the American public is. Do we have a Department of uh, Transportation <laughs> in this country? I, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it's, it's like they've just taken a cat nap for two years. It's it's never been this bad as someone who travels for a living for, for quite some time. But uh, boy, uh, whoever it is, might want to might want to go ahead and step aside and let somebody do the job properly. Well, I can guarantee you one thing: anybody in that department flies first class and never has to deal with a delay or screening. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly, or, or or just fly charter, or yeah, yeah. I, they 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 don't know, but um, anybody that did travel uh, in December knows, <laughs> and even today had some issues getting out of Atlanta Airport. I'm in uh, Gainesville now for the Florida Missouri game tomorrow, but no, it's been uh, it's been an adventure to say the least. All right, let's jump on some hoops because hoops is hoops is hot. Hoops is hot in South Carolina. So on a level of 1 to 10, your shock meter with what South Carolina did at Lexington would be what? Nine and a half. <laughs> um, the only thing, the only reason why it's short of 10 is that there, there clearly is an issue at Kentucky, and I don't mean to hint at something that's toxic in the locker room or anything like that. I've done some Kentucky games this year. They're good kids. They get along. Um, but there's just something in the DNA there that's that's not up to par. That being said, uh, the game was at Rupp Arena, and, and they just gotten beat down by Alabama on national television. It had all the makings of 
this is a get-right game for Kentucky. I think that's what everybody thought, right? That's what Las Vegas thought. Uh, but clearly, Carolina had other ideas. And you know, the last time they won there was my last year, uh, 2009. And I remember calling the game distinctly when Devin Downey hit the key shot right near the free-throw line. And there's just something extra special. Wins on the road are always special. You get on the bus, you get on the team plane, everybody's smiling. All of a sudden, that uh, eight-hour sub that's waiting for you tastes a little bit better. Um, but when you go and win at Rupp Arena, that's historic. Like that, that stays with you your entire life. So all those kids will remember, no matter what else happens in their careers, in their lifetime, they will never forget the day they went to Rupp in front of probably close to 20,000 fans and beat the Wildcats. And what is going to happen at Kentucky? <laughs> well, I mean, you've got every national writer chiming in on that. They don't know the answer, so certainly I don't. I mean, I, I don't see them firing Cal, and I don't see Cal leaving for Texas. I could be wrong on both of those things, but I, I just have a hard time seeing either one of those things coming to fruition. Um, it's one of those, it's not a match made in heaven right now, but keep in mind, he, he did win a national title. He has been the four final fours. He does have the number one recruiting class coming in. You could do a lot worse than Cal. I think just there comes a point in time where that fan base expects a little bit more. And if they don't make a run in this year's tournament, and right now it's hard to think that they, they're going to do that unless they start playing better, it's going to be a very interesting offseason in Lexington. What does that performance say about Lamont Paris and given a few more tools to work with what he might be able to do? The way he took a team that was totally embarrassed by Tennessee at home the previous game and he goes into a place, even when Kentucky's office game, it's tough to win there, and he pulled out the win, and it was a win that they led the entire way and deserved to win. Yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing about it, isn't it? I mean, look, Tennessee might be the best team. I think Alabama's the best team in the league personally, but Tennessee's not far behind. But you get smoked against Tennessee, and a lot of teams can have that happen. Uh, and, you start, and, look, the losses were starting to mount, and you, you, you just you looked at the season and you kind of wondered, okay, not that the team would mail it in, but it's hard sometimes to keep young players – completely invested when things aren't going your way, especially in today's day and age. I, I'm not trying to sound like get off my lawn guy, but that's <laughs> just, it, the kids are just different. They're just wired different. And all of a sudden, you know, some might be looking at the portal. The, the good thing is for the, a lot of the players on that roster, quite frankly, they don't have a ton of options. You know, Gigi does. Michi's already on his second program. Uh, you, you better be all in, and I think Lamont Paris knows that. It's like, look, if you think you're too good for this program, let's see what else you can do. Who's knocking on your door? So I, I think the good news is there's there's a good mentality there. There's a good spirit there. And, yeah, look, Lamont Paris can coach. Uh, it, it, the, the true test will be when he gets his players in. But I, I think that combined with I, – I thought the key all year long this season was not going to be Gigi because I think you know what you get with Gigi, uh, it's Michi. It's, it, it, was he going to play like the four-star recruit out of Ohio that everybody wanted, but for whatever reason it just didn't work out with the Buckeyes? 
And he certainly rose to the occasion in that game, and, and that he's going to have to play to that level this year if they're going to pull off some more upsets. Yeah, he's playing crazy right now. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move with us. So is there any more feel-good story in college basketball right now than Clemson? 6-0, and never been there before in the ACC, only undefeated team in the league in the ACC. Brad Brownell hanging by a thread after last season, apparently, got the old sit-down meeting with the uh, AD and said kind of, okay, we'll, we'll let it ride for another year. But, and here they are, 6-0 and in the ACC with Duke coming in on uh, Saturday afternoon. Tell you a funny story. Uh, I, I've only had Clemson once this year. It was the tournament in Atlanta, and Dane Bradshaw and I had a triple header. So we had Auburn-Memphis, great game. We had Wake Forest LSU, great game. And then the nightcap was Clemson versus Loyola of Chicago. Now, granted, Loyola made a Final Four a few years ago, Sister Jean, the whole great mm-hmm. story, but, but, but this is not that team. Different coach, different players. Uh, and we thought this might be the one game that wouldn't even be competitive. Loyola beat them down. It was probably Clemson's worst game of the year. And to Coach Brownell's credit, they have taken that moment in time and they have completely circled the wagons and just played really good basketball. I like the team. I like the roster going in. And when I saw them up close and they just laid an egg, I said, man, maybe I was just completely off. Maybe I, maybe I over-evaluated some of these players. Uh, but it turns out at least part of me was right and that they are a team that should be able to not only compete in the ACC, but do some good things, and obviously they're doing just that. Well, and they're an older team, and you look at this matchup with Duke. Duke will start four freshmen tomorrow, four freshmen and a first-year head coach against Clemson in Little John, and Clemson with a veteran head coach and starting guys who've been together. They've got a couple of additions, but they're ve- they're basically a veteran team, and, and we know the Duke freshmen – were all the best players among the best players in this country or in the world because they they got a guy from Australia, a freshman starting for them. But the age, the age value here is paying off, I think, for a team like Clemson. Did we lose Mike? Hello. Let's see if we can get him back. In the meantime, I'll talk more about Duke. Yeah, Duke starts freshman Derek Whitehead. Maybe it's Derek. Derek Whitehead, 6'7", he's a freshman. 6'5", Tyrese Proctor, he's from Australia, he's a freshman. 6'8", Mark Mitchell from Kansas, he's a freshman. And 7'0", Kyle Flipa- uh, Filipowski, that's it, Kyle Filipowski, he's a freshman. And then the only non-freshman starting, Ryan Young, he's 6'10", he's a graduate student. So Clemson's going to have to deal with some real size, 7 feet, 6'10", 6'8", 6'5", 6'7". So it's a big Duke team. It's, they're long, they're lean, kind of like Tennessee, maybe even taller. Mike is back with us. This Duke team may be even taller. I was impressed by Tennessee's size across the board, their backcourt, their front court, just long and lean, and this Duke team might be even taller. But what I was saying was the age – factor for Clemson is benefiting the Tigers and this Duke team is just so young but we know all these young guys were among the best in the in the country and the world in the case of a guy from Australia 
Well, and, and you hit on the key point, and that is the, the age of Clemson. And they have – it's kind of a sweet spot, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but they have a number of guys who are good college players but aren't quite good enough to where the NBA is calling them to leave early, right? So mm-hmm. uh, what do they do? I mean, they stay in college. If, you, if you're a baller, you keep playing ball as long as you can. And so – They've got kids that that are doing that, and they all seem to get along and gel well together. So sometimes it's better to be old than just to have a bunch of young hotshot freshmen and sophomore. Well, I mean, just ask Kentucky. Hmm. But I I think if you look at these NCAA tournaments, you look at when Baylor won their national title, you look at when Virginia won their national title, it's not as if they didn't have talent. In fact, they they each had one or two guys that were NBA good, but they were old. And that's why they beat younger teams that might have even been more talented. You were off to where this weekend? Well, you mentioned you were on the move somewhere. I don't remember where you landed. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, you'll get a kick out of this. I am in Gainesville. I've got uh, Gators versus Missouri tomorrow. Missouri, by the way, one of the best stories in the SEC this year under their first year coach, Dennis Gates. Mm-hmm. And guess where I'm going to eat dinner tonight? Let me think. Let me think. Steve Spurrier's, uh, I don't know the name of the restaurant, but it'd be Spurrier's Restaurant right there on Main Street? That's right. I've mm-hmm. never been. Uh, they just opened it up a little over a year ago and uh, got a got a kind inv- invite from their PR person. So I'm going to check it out, see if, see if the old ball coach is there. Mm-hmm. Say hello. Give him your best. I know mm-hmm. you guys were very tight. Very tight. And, uh, yeah, golfing we'll, buddies. Uh, you think yeah, that, golfing uh, buddies. Are, are they picking up the check for you? Is that part of the deal? You never know, Phil. Uh, it's been known to happen from time to time. But if not, I can always put it on the Cornblute account. <laughs> you know, a little something uh, for the effort for doing these segments every week. You know, you and some other people I know have a knack for for warming their way into free meals in uh, various cities around this country. So, I, You know, I can only, if they charge me, I will be more than happy to pay. And if they don't, I will say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I will tip my waiter or waitress like they've never been tipped before. <laughs> well, you enjoy and uh, have a good call tomorrow. Uh, which of the networks will you be on? Uh, this will be on the SEC network, and it'll be tomorrow at uh, 3.30. What time is the Gamecock game? They are at 6. Okay, so they'll be right after us. Mm-hmm. And they've got A&M, right? they got A&M. All of a sudden, A&M's so, kind of uh, woken yeah. up and playing some better basketball. Well, I, I just had them. I just had them in College Station last week. And Buzz has finally got his kind of team. Like, like that's a team that no one is going to want to play. I mean, you never really want to play a Buzz team because they're just so damn physical mm-hmm. and they can, they can muck up the game. But, but they've actually got guys who can score. You're not going to out-rebound them. You're not going to out-hustle them. Uh, so they're, they're a pain in the you-know-what to play. That'll be a very interesting game. Yeah. They're trying to go to 4-0 in league play, and the Gamecocks are trying to win two in a row. Should be a, a pretty good matchup in Columbia. We'll let you run. We'll talk to you again next week. We appreciate you. Have a good one. You got it. Take care now. All right, Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk, and he's brought to you by Brent Skinner Clother, uh, Clothiers, Clothiers, Clothiers in uh, Columbia. Yeah, this Texas A&M team, after an up-and-down start, they've won five in a row trying to go to 4-0 in the SEC, and they're starting lineup. Typically, they start a pretty big lineup, 
and no doubt that'll be the case uh, tomorrow in a talented lineup at that that's starting to really kind of find its way and uh, looking forward to that ball game in Columbia, South Carolina with a chance to get one at home and put uh, impressive back-to-back SEC wins together. So, but they're catching A&M at a time when A&M's kind of figured things out and that'll be a It'll be a tough one for the Gamecocks, no question. We'll come back with the uh, recruiting report for you here on Sports Talk after this break. Don't go away. Be right back. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. All right, recruiting time here on Sports Talk, brought to you by C. Wells. Hope you got out there today for the big roast beef Friday celebration. You know I didn't make it. Got tied up. Did you make it out there, Pat? Didn't make it. Hope everybody else did. That means there was more for you because if we had been there, we'd have taken down about half of that roast beef. So we left more for you. You know it was terrific. They'll do it again next week. The Daily Luncheon Buffet, 11 to 2. And for the very best in the catering world, just give Seawells a call. Let them take care of your big event. Their number, you should know it by now, is 803-771-7385 online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. So Clemson got the commitment from tight end Christian Bettenker, 6'5", 240, Woodstock, Illinois. Shows the Tigers over Oregon and Ohio State. Third commitment for the class, joining defensive back to Voy Fagan 
and place kicker Nolan Hauser. He caught 107 passes for over 2,100 yards and 27 touchdowns in the last two seasons. Update on tight end Nick Harbour of Washington, D.C. Of course, today's the day recruiters could get out into schools. None of them went to his because he wasn't there. He was in Virginia for a track meet, helping to prepare for the upcoming Texas Tech relays. So the coaches will get in to see him next week. Of course, his short list, USC, Michigan, Southern Cal, Miami, Maryland, Georgia, LSU. He's taken officials to USC, Maryland, and Michigan. Has one scheduled for Oregon the end of the month. We talked to his coach today, and uh, he told us that um, everything's going well. Nothing's really changed, and he is focusing on being a tight end. That's the position he played in the Under Armour game. And because he wants to stay in that structure to be able to prepare for being a track athlete and playing on offense is better for him to do that. This is according to his coach, Robert Harris. Track is a big, big factor here, of course. And going out to Oregon last, that's got to really be a boost for the Ducks because, I mean, nobody in the country, well, Arkansas, but has a great track program. They're not involved. LSU does. But nobody has the history and the tradition, I don't think, of track as Oregon does. They host all the U.S. Olympic trials and stuff like that. Steve Prefontaine and the other greats that they've had. If that's impressive to him, that could be a big factor. Plus Nike, their involvement out there. So that's going to be that's going to be a very interesting visit for him. All the schools recruiting him strongly. They hear a lot from Shane Beamer and the Gamecock coaching staff. They're doing everything they can, according to Robert Harris. Um, Now, the plan is after he um, goes to Oregon, has some in-home visits and the like, he's going to announce on February 1st they're going to have an event at the school. It's going to be televised. The final five to seven minutes when Harbor announces will be televised on ESPN on February 1st. He'll keep it quiet, not going to sign until that particular moment. Uh, Three transfers visiting USC this weekend, according to Hale McGranahan of the Big Spur. Wide receiver Eddie Lewis, 6'1", 190 of Memphis. Wide receiver Malik McLean, 6'4", 201 of Florida State. Running back Dylan Johnson, 6'2", 192, Mississippi State. Now, he's already committed to transfer to Washington, but he's going to visit South Carolina as well. Lewis was Memphis's leading receiver this season. McLean is from Daphne, Alabama, who went to IMG Academy, was heavily recruited coming out of high school. And Johnson is a native of Greenville, Mississippi, who rushed for about uh, 1,200 yards in his career there. Alabama offered 24 Aiken receiver Bray Staley on Thursday. Uh, Texas A&M offered Greenville receiver Mazio Bennett. Defensive tackle Malik Blockton of Pike Road, Alabama, will make Clemson one of his stops on January 28th. That'll do it for recruiting. Birdies, bogeys, and biceps coming up. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. That's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went straight down the middle, like they say. All right, time for birdies and bogeys. 
and biceps around the state of South Carolina on this Friday night, starring George Bryan III, except we don't have George. Everybody else is in the house, and we'll get to everybody else in just a moment. But for some reason, maybe George is trying to finish up a round of golf in the dark somewhere. Maybe he went to Hawaii to watch the PGA guys. We're trying to hook up with him, and we'll give it another moment or two. While we do that, I'll update what's happening in Hawaii, the Sony Open. They had to finish round one today. So Taylor Montgomery is your leader at 10 under. Hayden Buckley is at 9 under. He shot 64 today. David Lipsky is at 9 under after a 66. Ben Taylor is at 8 under. Good round for him, a 66. Austin Eckroach at 8 under par. S.H. Kim also 8 under par. And Chris Kirk. As far as some of the locals, Doc Redman. He's still playing round two. He's at seven under. And Ben Martin, 68-68, four under. Good showing. Andrew Novak, he's at four under after two rounds. We have uh, Carson Young is minus one. He's still playing today. Kyle Stanley on the course. He's even par for the tournament. Jonathan Bird is even. He's on the course round two. And Lucas Glover is plus three as he's playing round number two. Also, Jordan Spieth is six under, 64 yesterday, and he is six under for the tournament even par today as he continues in round two. George is now with us. I don't know if we have to penalize him for being – what's the penalty for being late to your tee time, George? Well, it it could be a serious breach if uh, if the group in front has already hit their second shot, but in this case, it'll just be two shots. I I need to give (laughs) – Sam's on my team tonight, so uh, we can start you all off. Two up. Welcome. We, we Welcome. will need it. We will need it for sure. Go ahead. No, it's uh, really cool to have the 2022 South Carolina Player of the Year right here with us tonight. Let's go ahead and get Sam on the tee. Welcome, Sam Jackson. I appreciate it. Thank you all for, uh, for having me on this evening. And, um I uh, like I said, I just really appreciate the time, and uh, yeah, it was a really, um, really blessed and fortunate year. So uh, very proud of uh, how the year turned out. Hey, well, Sam, we got to get the whole group uh, on the tee before we tee off, and let's welcome in Tsunami Robbie. Come on in, come on, come on up on the tee, Tsunami Robbie. Thank you, G three. You know I had you back the whole way. <laughs> if, uh, that- I had it covered. Don't worry about it, Big Daddy. I'd have, I'd have taken us to the house with the money. And uh, <laughs> hey, and that you got a hey, tsunami, Robbie. He's typically partners, but in this game we can switch it up. I'm taking Sam tonight because he's got the biggest game of a on the Sam. You're too young to have the radio game that we have. You don't have enough. You don't. You don't have enough uh, experience. But when it comes yeah, to I'm, the golf, I'm still working in that sport, regard. <laughs> Hey, hey, here's how that works, Sam. The more we talk, the bigger and better we play. So that's just how it works in radio golf. And love that. I think I can and, probably handle that one. Yeah, and and by the way, Sam is used to mixing it up with the best of them. He's a, a country club of Lexington, but Sam grew up in Pillion, South Carolina, and graduated Pillion High School. What year, Sam? I graduated from Pillion in 2011. Seems like so quite a while ago now. 
Well, Sam, I got to <laughs> ask you, I got to ask you, coming out of Pillion, I mean, where do you rank among the great athletes come out of there? Of course, uh, the Step Twins, uh, there's um, there's Freeman, Dalton Freeman. And, of course, how can we forget uh, the, the great one, Kevin McCrary? And we also had the uh, Prevost brothers that I was teammates with. That's right. While I was a pillar. Yeah, so where do you fall in line there? Uh, I'm not real sure. You have to ask them. Um, I just, uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate growing up out at Cooper's Creek Golf Club to um, to be surrounded by some pretty good players for such a small area. Uh, it definitely made me better playing with those guys every day. And uh, like George said, now I'm over at Country Club Lexington and actually every now and then play with uh, <clears throat> Wesley, Brian, and, and his guys, which is all, always good uh, – Good to work with those guys and you know mix it up with them before I go out on the road in tournament. Well, hey, uh, Phil and Tsunami Robbie, one of the things I did have the privilege of uh, living close and watching Sam grow up. He works, always been a really hard worker, and that's that's uh, to me that's his biggest asset. He also is a great student of the game, and he he takes he takes care of it. Now this this segment has been added uh we'll call it the triple b or birdies bogeys and biceps and <laughs> and tsunami robbie sam jackson during high school and i know college he took great care of himself uh sam tell us a little bit about where you are with your physical condition now <clears throat> i'd say it's mainly just cardio nowadays i uh i try to still run probably two or three or four days a week just depending on the schedule um and that's about the. I, I do actually have me and some buddies of mine have gotten involved pretty heavily with uh, pickleball. As a matter of fact, in the last month and a half, um, so we play pickleball a couple times a week or a couple nights a week, and um, and that definitely uh, is pretty good. Pretty good little cardio workout for us. Um, I'd say that's about the extent of it because uh, I will say more times than not in amateur golf, you do get to take a golf cart and. Uh, I am definitely one of those guys who utilizes that opportunity when it comes about. <laughs> That's not tsunami, Robbie. Not not what I expected to get back from from Sam. I, I figured we'd uh, I figured we'd get a little different. Although I do love the cardio, I do love that. Talk about tsunami, Robbie. Talk a little bit about where cardio and endurance fits in. Tsunami, Robbie likes to walk too. Sam, just so you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I take uh, I take the. Uh, bag over the shoulder and, and walk but i do use a little pull cart uh, now I, I bought one of those but the physical physical conditioning um you know and sam's going to run into it at some point in his in his career to where he's going to have to focus on that a little bit and there's no better time than the present to start thinking about it um, you know and you can just start with the the areas where you feel like you might need some improvement or something that you want to gain maybe some club head speed and or or uh, some kind of balance control or, or um, stabilization abilities, or, uh, kind of ward off any kind of injuries that might be uh, that might crop up, maybe a wrist or a shoulder or something that that uh, you can start strengthening now through some type of physical training and and the tsunami type of technology, which uh, I know back in 2011 uh, it wasn't at uh, it wasn't at Pillion High School then, but. Um, um, they might. I think they've got some tsunami bars now, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I built some for those guys, and uh, it's a good time to really start thinking about it and um, uh, maybe utilizing something that you can keep in the car, take with you on the road, uh, because 
know, playing on those road trips, you just don't, you know, pop into a big box gym everywhere you go. You need something quick and convenient and, uh, and effective. And uh, this type of technology can, can get that done for you. But uh, keep playing well. You brought something up that brought back a lot of memories when you said Cooper's Creek. Uh, I really miss that place. I, I, I love going out there and just walking nine or 18 holes by myself. I, I really enjoy playing out there, and I miss it. I did as well. Actually, Robbie, to <clears throat> piggyback kind of real quick on what you just said, um, I actually do have – so I purchased it. It's been a couple years ago now. I guess we're talking about the Tsunami Bar um, that I keep in my golf bag. Um, and I will get into like a little, you know, probably five to ten minute, you know, little – stretching slash mobility pre-round warm-up before every round I play um, just because unfortunately yeah. you know I'm only I'm I just turned 30 but some days I feel like I just turned 60 and uh, I don't quite I can't quite go to the first tee anymore and just spend it the way I used to when I was 18 so uh, I do have to get with that barrel about five ten minutes before you round and stretch it out that way I don't you know hit a <clears throat> quick left over there in the in the middle of the senior group but um, yeah, that's a great <laughs> notice, notice how he threw that in uh, a quick left in the middle of the senior group. <laughs> hey, just so you know, I never play from the senior tees. Okay, I refuse. Oh well, there you go. I'd rather add well, another that. stroke per hole, which you know I do anyway. But I am <laughs> never, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody here. I am never playing from the senior tees. But go ahead. Well. Well, no, Sam's I'm talking with about the multi. <laughs> he, Sam's talking about the multi forty-seven that fits in the bag. We call it forty-seven from heaven, and that one's uh, it's bendable technology. It's light, weighs about two pounds, and it takes on the properties of a golf club. So it's pretty cool to stretch it out with. And remember, last week we got got it going the triple B five. When you go to the website, that's tsunamibarsports.com, and you can plug that triple B five in for a five percent off. And hey, Sam, gonna uh, what year did you graduate, PC? I graduated from PC May of two thousand and fifteen. So that's uh, Presbyterian, and the uh, talk a little bit about where how your college went, and then transition and give us a highlight for twenty twenty two player of the year in this state. For those listening, I, we got we got some of the best, definitely the best juniors in the country, but we also have some of the best college amateur players in the country. And to, to win Player of the Year award in South Carolina, that's stout. So talk a little bit about college and then transition about the year you had, Sam. Yeah, so I came in to PC in the fall of 2011, um, not – Really knowing what to expect, but, you know, George had kind of worked with him throughout high school, had kind of, you know, somewhat mentally prepared me uh, to what I would kind of experience there um, and was fortunate enough to play in every tournament from my freshman year to the end of my senior year. Um, School beat me down pretty good, (laughs) but uh, luckily we had some good golf in there to kind of even it out a little bit. but, uh, but you know, I met some great guys, and I'm still really good to best friends with two or three of the guys I play on the team with. So definitely um, impacted my life in a super positive manner. Um, and then I guess 
go on to your other question for this year, um, you know, there was a few, few different highlights. Uh, you know, the U.S. Mid-Am definitely was one that sticks out. Obviously, I made it. Um, so I made it around a 32 at the U.S. Mid-Am. Um, I lost to Hugh Foley, who actually last week got a Walker Cup spot. So um, he's a super good player in his own right. He's the actual the reigning Irish Am champion. So it was pretty cool to, you know, mix it up with him and see, you know, kind of how he does it. Um, and then I made a good run at the stadium. I actually made a run on the back nine and got all the way up to second um, late in the round and ended up actually bogeying the last hole and finishing fifth. Um, but it was good to, you know, make a run on that back nine at the stadium and kind of get in the feel that heat of, you know, coming down the stretch and competition. I kind of, that's something I've really, definitely more enjoyed the last couple of years than I used to. I used to kind of be, I would definitely kind of be more afraid of that moment, I would think, when I was younger. Um, and nowadays, you know, if I've, I've got that heat feeling on me coming down the stretch, something I definitely enjoy and definitely look forward to hopefully getting in position to do. Um, so I would say those two were probably, I did, me and my partner, Zach Harold, won the Partners Championship to start the year last March. So that was a, a good win to kick the year off. So I would say those few things were the were the highlights of 22. Well, that's a, that's a good stretch, a great stretch. And the strength of your game, talk a little bit. Last question, talk about the strength of Sam Jackson's game. Uh, it used to be my biggest weakness, and now it's my biggest strength. I would definitely say it's the putter. <laughs> um, it's something I struggle with. I didn't really – struggled with it always but I was very hit or miss with it in high school looking back now um and over the last I think four or five years I would definitely say it's become probably the best part of my game more times than not uh it's bailed me I usually hit a lot of fairways my iron play I would admittedly say is probably middle of the pack um but uh but you know you get a a short wedge in my hand or a, a putter in my hand I feel like I can just about beat anybody any day so any uh, any eyes on taking another swing, taking a swing at professional golf? Not right now, to be honest with you. Um, I enjoy the amateur game. I enjoy, you know, going out there just because I'm, you know, I'm really good friends with a lot of guys here in Columbia that play amateur golf. So we travel together and stay together on the road. Um, and then I've become good friends with a lot of guys out there I see on, in tournaments. So, you know, I don't really. Uh, I don't really have – haven't really thought about that. don't really have plans for that. But, you know, I, uh, you know, a year or two from now, who knows? We'll see what happens. Hmm. Well, Sam, it's a privilege having you on. Congratulations on a great 2022. What's, uh, what's your objective in 2023, if you don't mind asking? <clears throat> no, not at all. I, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge goal guy anymore. I probably used – I used to be – George knows I used to be back when I was in high school um, – Nowadays, I guess I'm very much kind of a go-with-the-flow, day-at-a-time person. Um, so to be honest with you, I haven't really created any goals for the new year, for this year of golf. Um, I would like to, you know, con- at least contend and put myself in contention at uh, State M again. I definitely want to qualify for another USGA event this year. Um, definitely getting that taste of that USGA scene last year makes you, you know, hungry to get into that more often. Um, other than that, I just feel like I've gotten better this year compared to last year. I know, you know, I had a very fortunate and blessed year last year, but I still know that there was a lot of things I could have done better to make it a, an incredible year. So, 
you know, just work on those things and, uh, and see what happens. Hey, that's a beautiful thing, fellas. I'm going to just uh, give you guys and the po- folks listening a little read between the lines. He just said, not really a goals guy anymore, but then and he he shied away a little bit from the from the product based goals, and I wouldn't say shy away. Uh, Sam's incredibly uh, humble, and as good a player as as he is, he's a better man, and he that's one of the things I've noticed about the best players is they carry uh, I'll say a, a flavor of humility that's pretty special, and he went right into process based goals which means uh, he wants to just play better. So Sam is goal-driven, but it's the right kind of goal. And, uh, Sam, it's a it's been a pleasure having you on tonight and have some fun. Please tell family. Sam, Sam comes from great stock. In fact, I got his number from his mama, Miss hmm. Heather. And thank you, Heather. I know she's listening. And so thank you, Miss Heather. And uh, that Sam does come from great stock. It's a privilege you have a have a great evening, Sam. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank y'all very much for having me. Thank y'all. Thank y'all have you, a great Sam. Weekend. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you. Love that kind of stuff, so, George. That's the kind of stuff we like to hear. Great golfers doing yeah. great things and, and keeping it in line. Yeah, and I'll I tell you what, Sam worked really hard. He took uh, the total – he's a total athlete. He uh, worked really hard in the weight room high school and college and he's uh he didn't share everything that cardio i'm i'm guessing he pushes pretty hard but hey robbie go ahead and just give us uh as we put out on the last hole give us a little rundown on the tsunami bar technology and how it benefits the golfers i'll do that but i just want to echo what you said there wow what a great conversation listening to sam that was i was i was just tuned into that whole thing that was that was wonderful but the um, you know Sam's on a great uh, got the idea. He's got the uh, got the forty seven from heaven in the bag, hmm. and uh, with the stuff that that uh, that's on the the uh, website now that uh, Phil has posted through uh, through his his website is um, you know as a start to the videos that George you and I are getting ready to do more content as we get ready to head to Florida for the PGA merchandise show. We'll be doing little snippets of of. Um, of things to do with uh, the tsunami technology, whether it be uh, just getting warmed up, uh, if it might be uh, you know some kind of injury rehab, it might be uh, a workout on the fly, just trying to get things going because you don't have a lot of equipment available to you wherever you're at. And uh, so we're going to have a lot of that stuff coming, and the technology certainly makes it convenient uh, to be able to get those things in, whether you're in the parking lot on the first tee box or if you're in your garage just trying to get the, get a little work done uh, in a limited amount of time and space. Uh, but uh, 720 Chris Drive, uh, Tsunami Bar Sports, uh, that's the place we're at in the William Strength Building. And uh, feel free to come by anytime and look me up, and, and I'll show you the stuff firsthand. Hey, and the Triple B, if you go look on the website for the Mossy 47 from having the Triple, the triple B, and five hmm. checking out checking out is going to earn you a five percent discount and we're going to we're going to be talking more about the other product there's a the tonal way the tf60 is a spectacular bar for developing rhythm and tempo it's a 60 inch bar that fits in the back seat of my 
Sonata, which really makes it convenient. And the what I just call the low-intensity golf warm-up exercise really sets the tone for rhythm and tempo. In the study of what I call tension, tension, tension is the biggest challenge most golfers have, not just golfers, but all, all athletes, especially when Sam referred to it as heat, others refer to it as pressure. Well, when your heart starts racing, you get yourself in a great place that's referred to pressure. Well, that causes tension. And our product is the answer to help you study and stay relaxed, stay soft, stay supple when you want to play your best. So, hey, so we'll be talking Triple uh, B and a five when you check out on the TsunamiBarsports.com. And yeah, let me mention hey, too, George, Robert, on our website, on the SportsTalkSC.com website, on the right-hand side where you see the Tsunami Bar uh, demonstration at the top and then the digital ad for Tsunami Bar, if you just click on that ad, the, the uh, digital ad, it'll take you right to the products page on the Tsunami Bar website, take you right to the products page. You can see everything, and you can use that 5% discount code, triple B5, to get your discount. So that's an easy, simple way to get to the product page and see everything that you guys offer. Fantastic. Absolutely. Hallelujah. So there you have it, and it's been a lot of fun. I tell you what, it's it's nice to see the season get started. I'm not real sure. I don't know those players at the top of the leaderboard. I'm a little bit a little bit miffed. I need to do more research there. And also, uh, boys' high school golf plays get started in just a couple of weeks too. So there's a lot going on. We get a we got to get Coach Dargan back on to give us a little high school preview. I'll be working on that for next week, and then two weeks. Tsunami Robbie and I will be at the PGA show, Phil. And that's uh, – there's a little forecast for the future. There's a lot of good golf ahead. Looking until forward next, to it. Tsunami Robbie, Phil, until next week, you guys tee them high and shoot them low. Thank you, George. Robbie, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you. Y'all have a great weekend. Okay. Terrific. Enjoyed that. Thank you, George. And thank you, Robbie, uh, for joining us. And, of course, a special thanks to our guest, Sam Jackson, SEGA Amateur Champion for 2022. Great stuff. So, have you um, been following this story about the Florida quarterback, alleged, Jaden Rashada, and what's happening there? The Athletic did a detailed story this afternoon. He did not show up today on campus at Florida. Bottom line, he had signed a contract with uh, NIL, not at Florida, but Florida, but one you know working to get uh, athletes who are going to Florida money for thirteen million dollars. It was reported here, and now he doesn't show up. And apparently, like uh, it says here, they did a timeline of everything that was going on, and uh, he. Um, he tried to get out of that contract. And now the university has gotten involved here. Apparently, December 7th, he said a, uh, the guy that uh, was providing the money for the NIL, the guy that runs the NIL, sent a termination letter regarding the $13 million contract to the player and his representatives. And so 
$13 million for a kid coming out of high school. And I know this is an extreme case, but you know these things start extreme and then they start kind of um, spreading out. So we'll see what happens here. Otherwise, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday here on Sports Talk.